Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome, it's time for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Finally, we have 21 races coming to an end this season. And Formula 1's actually extended into December for the first time ever in history. And uh, before we get started, actually, guys, a big thank you to all of you all who wrote to us after the driver episodes uh, last week. We had a double header, as you all may remember. Uh, we had Jerome D'Ambrosio and Pascal Berline on our show. It was so much fun, Kunal, to talk about Formula E and Mahindra racing with them. Yeah, you know, like we said, Formula E takes over from Formula 1 and MotoGP in this time of the year. But thank you to Alex, Mack, Praneet, Benjamin and lots of you for all your good words about our driver episodes. Yeah, guys, I must tell you, we work really hard within our motorsport networks to you know, try and get all your favorite drivers on your favorite show. The Inside Line F1 yes, podcast. no modesty friends. there at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hopefully in a few weeks from now, in fact, we're going to have some bites from uh, two-time Formula E champion, Jean-Eric Wern. Kunal, I know you have some very interesting bites to share with us on that. Front. Yes, I do. But guys, do not worry. The Inside Line F1 podcast isn't transitioning into the Inside Line Formula E podcast. So you guys have very little to worry about. But let's remember, Formula E is impossible to ignore. Yeah, Can we it, say we'll be the Formula E podcast by 2030 or something? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, Formula One's going to merge with Formula E. That's what I feel. Or something's going to happen anyway. Formula E is just an absolute crazy motorsport series. Okay, so let's talk about Formula One though. But before we begin, guys, please wish Kunal a very happy birthday. It is his birthday. He's looking very embarrassed as he sits next to me in the studio. But yes, 29th of November. So please wish him. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Anyway, back to Formula <laughs> One and Formula One There's cake one in only. the studio if you guys want to come. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, at least for me. You have an examination to prepare for. So Anyway, up next is the 2019 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, guys, it's the last race of the 2019 Formula 1 season. It's the last race for both Robert Kubica and Nico Hulkenberg. And it's Lewis Hamilton's 250th Grand Prix start. You know, there are so many stories here in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, so if you guys are tuning in after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, do not leave because we speak a little bit about Abu Dhabi and a lot about Formula 1 other than just Abu Dhabi. But yes, Abu Dhabi actually started with news about Nicholas Latifi finally getting confirmed as a Formula 1 race car driver because he's been confirmed as a test driver since I think 2016 and he's been waiting for his time to come and so much so that when I got Williams's press release in my inbox it says Williams confirms Nicholas Latifi as race driver for 2020 it's like they, they <laughs> found specific. they found it's you know important to mention that he's going to be a race driver and then of course we got news about Sebastian Vettel's uh, third child yeah and they claim that uh, the child's going to be named Lewis 
Absolutely. Well, there seems to be a dearth of names out there. But okay. <laughs> I mean, he had 18 other drivers he could have chosen from. But yeah, I mean, know. I think in that case, I would have picked Lewis as well. Really? <laughs> I would have probably picked something like uh, Max. It's so simple. It's so, you know, cute. It's so small. It's so short. All of that. I know it's Maximilian or some other full form. But... We actually have had the unfortunate news of Valtteri Bottas' divorce as well. And uh, last but not the least, there is Lucien with his Moments in Time section uh, for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which is also the last Moments in Time section for the season. We also talk about Stoffel Van Doon's outburst against Formula 1. Guys, do you all think robots could be the future of pit stops in Formula 1? And if Fernando Alonso has a lesson to learn from Jensen Button's Baha 1000 experience. And how Formula One's claiming that it'll never go truly electric, just like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think this is definitely going to be a 20-25 minute episode, maybe 27 minutes. That's what I'm guessing, but I don't know. But as for the race in Abu Dhabi, all eyes are on the sixth place fight in the Drivers' Championship and for the fifth place fight in the Constructors' Championship. And if Charles Leclerc can beat Verstappen to third in the Championship... I mean, I still remember how last year Raikkonen and Verstappen both didn't want to finish third because they didn't want to go to the FIA gala. But then I remember Raikkonen went and he had a bloody good time. Yeah, so if we could, we would just have Kimi Raikkonen go to the gala anyway. Yeah. Doesn't matter where he finishes in, <laughs> in the Drivers' Championship. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox and wherever else that you listen to podcasts because we are everywhere. Yeah, and guys, also remember Formula One's going to be on a break. But the Inside Line Formula One podcast, we're here publishing every week a new podcast all through the winter break. We don't get any breaks. Yeah, Kunal doesn't like You get it. a six-day break There's no break in, our, in my podcasting contract. <laughs> <laughs> guys, please sign a petition. Give Mithila a break. <laughs> Yes, you can, you know, <laughs> empower Mithila to try and, uh, you know, try and go against our contractual terms. But I am actually waiting for the most popular episode of ours. Also, my favorite, which is the Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. And I think it's going to be scheduled for the week just before Christmas or something like that. Which reminds me, have you sent out the driver invitations? Because that's what your contract says you will do, apart from just hosting. You know, the funny thing is when I actually send out the invitations... All the drivers were like, oh, yes, we've been expecting this. And it seems like they've already confirmed their uh, attendance. So. You know, all I really care is if Jacques Villeneuve is coming. Because I know Nico Rosberg wanted to come and he was saying he wanted to live stream it because he said you can't do a better award than the Inside Line F1 Podcast Awards. Of course, he told me to not quote him, but you know how it goes. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Abu Dhabi, the Grand Prix. Kunal, the winning team and driver, they're going to get some serious psychological relief going into the winter break. You know, I was going to say, especially if it's, you know, Vettel and Ferrari, but now Vettel's third child means the last thing Vettel's going to be bothered about is, you know, a psychological boost before the winter. But Pirelli are bringing 4,500 tyres to race and test in Abu Dhabi, and that's like double the regular number. Because they're going to be running tests for the 2020 and the 2021 season, which means they're going to have 13 as well as 18-inch tyres in Abu Dhabi. And this means the drivers will have more to complain about, you know, rather than just the regular 2019 <laughs> compounds. <laughs> you know, there's always something to complain about when it comes to the tyres. 
and you know there's this meme that's doing the rounds where you know Lewis just radios Bono and says Bono my tires are you know dead they're out of rubber and Bono says shut up Lewis it's just the formation lap so <laughs> you know but i i must uh, you know talk of uh, my chat that i had uh, with Mario Isola from Pirelli you know this was during the Italian Grand Prix and this was for my TV show where Isola said that Pirelli were the victims of an ever changing brief from Formula 1 yeah i think the stranger part about being pirelli is that formula 1 ran these tire graphics on television without taking tire performance data from pirelli I mean that was so absurd and in fact you know Kunal remind me I am going to nominate that for you know a few categories in the podcast <laughs> awards. Well, yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> you know if you guys actually have recommendations send them to us via our Facebook page that's the fastest easiest way to reach us and um, the inside line F1 podcast awards the winner is never who you think it is. and that's our official tagline by the way guys kunal said the tagline a little wrong kunal should be all like the winner is never who you think it is <laughs> yeah cuz guys our uh, award ceremony is full of surprises and uh, you all should stay tuned for that anyway you know i wonder if the 2019 brazilian grand prix could be beaten to the best race of the season award because it was seriously a blockbuster i'll keep my nominations to myself but the city of sao paulo has finally agreed to pay a formula 1 a hosting fee to keep the race at interlagos yeah i mean some teams get paid to race in formula 1 and some tracks don't pay to host races so you know basically for every abu dhabi and bahrain there's a brazil and monaco you know there's some balance out there in the world yeah and then there's some of us who pay to watch formula 1 and then there's some of us who get paid to watch formula 1 and talk about formula 1 uh, i'm not going to say who it should be an easy guess but You know you mentioned Bahrain and the Bahrain Grand Prix tickets for 2020 are available at a 20% discount so if there's anyone interested in attending go pick up those tickets and just so you guys know we're doing this for Formula 1 this is an absolute unpaid promotion we believe that everyone should go see at least one race from the race track Anyway, you know, I wonder if Bernie Ecclestone finally ended up buying Interlagos. I remember he said he was interested in buying the circuit and then it just kind of fizzled out, right? Yeah, I mean, irrespective of who the owner is, I think Formula 1 should pay the circuit to host a Formula 1 race, you know, at the Interlagos and not the other way around. Seriously, you know, even in Abu Dhabi, I think all the talk is going to be about the Brazilian Grand Prix. And you know, I feel so bad for Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. You know, just cause they pay the millions We we've never really had a cracker of an Abu Dhabi race, and if you ask anyone, you people will just talk of the 2010 race when Vitaly Petrov held, you know, Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel won his, you know, won his first Formula One drivers. It was also interesting to see when uh, Rosberg won his championship in Abu Dhabi down to the wire. That yes. was quite exciting. Yes, of course, but uh, you know, definitely. I know they pay millions for all that publicity but I'm happy for Brazil to still make up all the headlines. Yeah, Kunal but we are not going to discuss Leclerc versus Vettel from Brazil again. Kunal, no, not happening yeah, right okay, now. Yeah, okay, I will not mention the crash but I will mention that it'll be interesting to see how Mattia Binotto handles the pressure of managing two A-list drivers in his teams because you know when you come to think of it Mercedes and Red Bull racing do not have such an issue at the moment. Yeah, and I'd say that it doesn't actually matter whose fault it was. Uh because the biggest loser in all of this was Ferrari. Wow. I mean, lessons yeah. <laughs> in team management from the Inside Line F1 podcast host Mithila Mehta. There you go. Well, it's true because uh you know like a third place finish in the chi- drivers championship, it may not matter that much. 
But the truth is that Verstappen outdrove and outscored both Ferrari drivers in 2019. And Kunal, this is a season where they've had the fastest car, you know, pretty often, I would say. Yes, I mean, and come to think of it, Red Bull has been powered by Honda, who are a few seasons behind than Ferrari in the hybrid turbo era. But moving on, you know, Bernie Ecclestone, of course, did one interview and there are several things to discuss from that interview. Bernie said that... uh, Charles Leclerc could beat Lewis Hamilton at Ferrari if Hamilton chooses to go there in 2021. And Bernie also said that he doesn't believe that Ferrari are cheating with their power unit. Yeah, that's an interesting story to watch, actually. I think that power unit story, the Ferrari power unit story, is going to unfold further in Abu Dhabi. Uh, But also speaking of Lewis Hamilton, so this is going to be his 250th race start. That's immense. And it could be his 84th win in Formula 1. Who knows? He's always, you know, always difficult to choose from a driver who's not going to win. And uh, But we're going to leave our predictions for later in the show in a few minutes' time uh, because I think I have a few interesting insights and trends to share as well. Yeah, and uh, Eddie Jordan actually said that there's no Lewis Hamilton beater in Formula 1 right now. And uh, I think he's right, you know, because at this moment there doesn't seem to be anyone. But come to think of it, I'm really excited to see which driver finally beats Lewis Hamilton and just kind of takes over to start this glorious new era. Um, I think we can all guess, you know, a few names on the shortlist, but who it's going to be, let's wait and find out. I'd say it's going to be George Russell. George Russell will become a Mercedes driver and he's going to beat Lewis Hamilton in that Mercedes. I called it first. Okay, Okay. 2025. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's going to be before that. But anyway, there's actually more interesting stuff about Lewis Hamilton to talk about, you know, while we wait for wait to see which driver is eventually going to take over from the Lewis Hamilton era. Because I loved it when Lewis Hamilton said that he wants to work with the FIA to make motorsport more accessible for racers who do not come from affluent backgrounds. I really like, you know, how Lewis Hamilton is always this crusader against climate change, against making Formula One, uh, you know, elitist in a way and bringing it to the masses, so to speak, making it more accessible. You mean taking away the elitist tag from Formula One, I guess. That is exactly what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think, honestly, that is the crucial need uh, of the sport uh, and and of Formula One, and I say this from somebody who's you know who's tried to be a racer and then worked with a Formula One team and so on, because these days you know when you meet a budding racer, you first ask who his or her mother or father is, because that background is so much more important than just absolute talent. True. So let's hope that Hamilton and the FIA are actually able to find ways to lower the financial bar for motorsport. That would be ideal. Yeah, and I can give you a personal example. So I managed the Force India Driver Academy for four years, uh, you know, when it was in existence. And I can tell you that the costs are incredible, starting all the way from just go-karts, okay? Well, we found a way. We had sponsors who funded the program. And, you know, the outlay from the drivers and their families was actually very minimal. It was just about showing up at the racetrack. So it is doable, but it just takes a lot of effort and you have to keep relying on external sponsorship. So anyway, we'll see how that goes when, uh, you know, Lewis actually ends up working with the FI on something like this. But one of the fondest members of the Force India Driver Academy, Nico Halkenberg, he might just have his last Formula One race this weekend. Yeah, and um, in fact, all for the fan plea of voting for Hulkenberg as driver of the day for the race in Abu Dhabi, you know, just as a, a fond send-off for him. 
And I really hope that he finds his way back into Formula 1 in 2021 when experienced drivers will be a necessity. But, you know, till then, thank you very much for all the fantastic memories, Nico. Thank you so much, Nico. And in fact, there's also Robert Kubica who might have his last race in Formula 1 in Abu Dhabi. Yes, thank you so much for the memories and, uh, you know, for, for... All the hope that you've given everyone around the world, Robert, your story of come back to Formula 1 has been absolutely heroic. Honestly, I still don't know if it is Robert Kubica's last race because Haas and Racing Point are really gunning for him. Or maybe they're gunning for his sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the one thing for certain, we will have Kubica in the paddock in 2020. What team? We're going to have to wait to see because... Both the team bosses have said, oh, we really want Robert Kubica as a part of our setup. And uh, this weekend, although we might just see Kubica fans versus, you know, Hulkenberg fans, both trying to outvote each other to make the driver win the driver of the day award. And then finally, Max Verstappen will win it yet again. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Kunal, I know that Kubica is a funny guy. So you know what, guys, here's a promise. We're going to do what it takes to get him on our show uh, sometime in 2020, whenever we go for our next race. Yeah, I still remember your first ever driver interview for the podcast. It was with... The awesome Roman Crozier. And it was a fun episode, I must say. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know it's very easy to actually pick on Crozier. But he's a fun chap. And, you know, we know he loves these model cars and trains and all these cool toys. And he loves to cook. So it was a very interesting conversation. How can you not like him? Yes. So up next is Stoffel Van Doon. We had a double podium finish, uh, you know, uh, in the Formula E race in Saudi Arabia with the new Mercedes team. So congratulations, Stoffel. Yeah, congratulations. But, you know, Kunal, what I am more interested about in uh, talking about uh, are his political statements about Formula One. And I wonder if he's ever coming back to the sport because he said that Formula One is fake and Formula E is where the real racing is. You know, honestly, I really wonder if press officers in Formula E teams hand out notes to Formula One drivers, you know, saying... You just got to say this about Formula One if they're asked, because pretty much every former driver sounds the same. Everyone says, oh, Formula One is political and how, you know, it's not real racing and how it's all fake and how racing is better everywhere else. I mean, I'm not saying they're not talking the truth. That may be the truth, depending how you see it. But it's just very repetitive. And I know that even Felipe Massa said something similar in the build-up to the opening Formula E Grand Prix. Oh, by the way, Felipe Massa. So he had the most embarrassing penalties in the Formula E race last weekend. Guys, I know we said we won't talk anymore about Formula E, but this is damn funny. So he lined up in the wrong grid slot for the start. And then he was found speeding in the pit lane. Can you all believe that? Well, basically, Felipe Massa was being just that. Felipe Massa. Okay, and since we're talking about this, uh, I have to also sneak this in that, guys, you remember Pat Simmons from Formula One. Uh, So he also said that Formula One will never go fully electric. And I thought the famous management quote always says, never say never. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to quote what uh, Simmons said. He said that uh, what we can do is show the world that there are alternatives to electric power and that there are alternatives to storing electricity in heavy and I have to say somewhat dirty batteries. You know, I'll tell you what this is going to be like. (laughs) It sounded far more boring. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) You just made it more interesting. 
you know but uh, i must i must tell you guys mithila has a, a phd examination tomorrow so she's been in our books for the last 5 days she's taken you know just 30 minutes out to do the podcast oh, this week guys. but i i think she should always have an exam the day after we record in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> it makes me more fun <laughs> yeah but you know back to simmons i'll tell you what it reminds me of it reminds me of you know how all the tech geniuses wrote off the internet and mobile telephony back in the 90s or whenever because i can tell you there will be a meme about simmons and his quote in 10 or 15 years time that's again something that i can say hey i called it first okay kunal i'm making note of all your predictions and then we'll celebrate when they come true but speaking of celebrations so um Honda they've extended their time in Formula 1 and their relationship with Red Bull Racing and Toro Rosso Alpha Tauri that's what it's actually called and we should get used to calling them exactly that Oh that Alpha is such Tauri. a mouthful Alpha Tauri Anyway so uh for 2021 it's a one year extension only for Alpha Tauri And I'm I'm sure everyone is hoping it's going to be longer Helmut Marko turned around and said we're already talking about an extension for 2022 and 2023 of course he's supposed to say that but uh, you know i'm not surprised that they didn't really commit to a longer term period just yet and uh, in fact i'm happy that they've said one year and then they see which way it goes because it would be worse if they committed to a longer period and then exited earlier and that's more painful i think yes true uh, honda said that costs need to be controlled in formula 1 well they're also in talks with formula e for entering next season which is 2020 2021 season and uh, lots of considerations for honda i'm sure formula 1 and formula e and uh, you know porsche is a great example to learn from they've said we are going to give everything that we've got in motorsport to formula e all right so let's yeah. see what honda does it's so it's so crazy kunal despite trying so hard to not talk about formula e that bloody thing just keeps sneaking into our conversation right it just feels like these worlds are slowly merging anyway final points let's get to it there was a report which said that robots could conduct pit stops in formula 1 in the future i mean i don't like the sound of that i'll be honest uh but you know there's talks of robots racing cars so i don't see why they can't do pit stops and i would assume that it's easier for a robot to do a pit stop than race a car oh by the way in all of this red bull racing they created a new world record in brazil for a 1.82 second pit stop guys 1.82 yes. seconds like that's insane and after that they went and released this video of a zero gravity pit stop for god knows what reason but it was pretty cool because they're red bull <laughs> racing you know they 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 they, li- they love and they thrive on such stories yeah i'm i'm i still can't get over 1.82 seconds but anyway the only uh, story that i'm really interested in is if a former red bull driver is going to beat two current red bull contracted drivers to sixth place in the drivers championship yes. what i mean guys is whether carlos sainz is going to beat albon and pierre gasly to sixth place can that really happen you know honestly i've run some permutations in my head and it just seems so impossible to predict so let's just see what actually happens and i really hope that it's not a crash or some un you know unpredicted event that settles this sixth place because it's a very interesting position for us to be in especially when the world championship is won and similarly there's a fight for the fifth place in the world constructors championship you know renault are under threat from Toro Rosso and Gasly's podium in Brazil just suddenly bunches all of them up. Yeah, Renault wanted to be best of the rest or you know basically fourth in 2019 and now they're fighting to keep fifth. 
Also, I think every midfield team has scored a podium in the hybrid turbo era, barring Renault. Because Force India and Williams got a podium in Baku. Toro Rosso got it in Germany and then in Brazil. And McLaren got theirs in Brazil as well. So Yeah, even, uh, you know, even Sauber actually. Sauber is not a works team. But basically, my point being, shame on you, Renault. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I read this interview with uh, Ricardo where he said that he wanted trophies in Formula 1 to be more iconic and all of that. And then I started thinking, you know, it's strange that Ricardo's talking about trophies because I really wonder when he's going to collect his next one. You know, Helmut Marko believes that Renault misled Daniel Ricardo into signing for them for 2019 and 2020. Yeah, just like Marko actually misled Gasly and Kivat and several other drivers when they raced for Red Bull Racing. Yeah, I mean... At the moment, I just keep reading reports that the Italian press believe that Ricardo's on standby to join Ferrari in case Vettel decides to leave prematurely. No, and I mean, let's uh, speaking of Marco, because uh, Kunal, I know he's brought some of the brightest talents to Formula One, but I don't think he has any right to talk about misleading. You know, he ain't no saint himself. Okay, yes, yes. I think this is my cue to hand it over to Lucien for his... Very final, <laughs> for his final moments in time section of the season, here's the moments in time for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Welcome to Moments in Time on the Inside Line for the final time with Lucien Byfield. If brief browsing on social media is anything to go by, not only do Formula One fans not like the track very much, they universally do not think it is a race that should close out a season. This modern, Herman Tilke-designed Yas Marina circuit seems bland, colourless and without personality. While strongly dominated by two drivers, Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel, this race has also been won by Nico Rosberg, Kimi Raikkonen and Valtteri Bottas. 2010. In a year that saw Weber, Hamilton, Alonso and even Button fight for the title, it came down to the wire and it was Sebastian Vettel who won the race in a terribly boring way, dominating from the front while Weber and Alonso, the title favourites coming into the weekend, squandered their chances being held up in the lower positions, unable to pass on a track that should, in theory, provide the opportunity. Sebastian Vettel had never led the title at any stage of the year, yet here he was in a late-season flourish, dominating and taking the championship as he crossed the line to receive the chequered flag. 2014. It must be said that the battle between Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton in the all-conquering Mercedes of the new hybrid era was a lot closer than it appeared in the final points standings. Now both drivers had reliability issues and bad luck in that year, although you would never know that because Nico had the ability to just let the bad luck go, whereas Lewis, love him or hate him, played up every little thing that went wrong. Nico got pole and he outqualified Lewis over the season. But it was Nico who was to suffer car reliability, which cost him any chance of the title. Lewis was able to storm to an easy win and take his second title. 2016. With the title hanging in the balance, Lewis Hamilton held up the field in a display of dominance so great that he could actually drive slowly and still win the race easily. To be fair, Nico Rosberg wisely was not racing for the win. He knew second place was enough to get the title and finished it off in undramatic style, but his pass on the very dangerous and intense Verstappen was the stuff of legend. In closing, let's look back on the 2012 race, where Fernando Alonso had kept himself in the title hunt with Sebastian Vettel, despite clearly driving a very second-rate Ferrari. Due to a qualifying breach where a fuel sample was analysed, Vettel was sent to the back of the grid, so Red Bull decided to make changes to his car, meaning he would start from the pit lane. This would result in a truly fantastic drive. He would finish third, but Nando was second, keeping the title fight alive, if only just. 
This race was famous not only for Kimi Raikkonen winning for the first time in the Lotus <coughs> Renault since his two-year sabbatical, but for his comments made over the radio during the race. One of them being, Just leave me alone, I know what to do. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's it for Moments in Time on the Inside Line. Next year, I will be doing a different theme, so stay tuned. Hope you have enjoyed this year, looking back with me on all of the fantastic historical moments that have made Formula One so special. Catch you later. Lucien, thank you so much. You are fantastic. And thank you actually for entertaining us for the second season in a row. Absolutely. I think Lucien's Moments in Time section are a great way to relive the races from the previous seasons. Especially since everyone believes that Formula One's best seasons were those in the past. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's true. But philosophy aside, Kunal, let's get to the predictions. You know, I was going to say Botas would win. But of course, he's got a penalty. He's going to start from the back of the grid. Because I actually have some trend that I caught. So Lewis Hamilton's won in Abu Dhabi with Mercedes only in the even years. So he won in 14, 16 and then 18. And in the odd years... It was his teammate who won. So, Rosberg first and then Valtteri Bottas. Oh, that's interesting. And Mercedes, they've won all races at Abu Dhabi since 2014. Yeah, so I would like to pick Bottas for the win, but I don't think that makes sense. In which case, I think it's going to be either Hamilton or Max Verstappen. I don't think that Ferrari are going to be necessarily in contention for the win. Although, I'm sure Vettel would want to win this for his Lewis. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the fact is, uh, Botas said that he thinks Red Bull Racing and Mercedes, uh, Ferrari, sorry, are quicker than Mercedes. But I think it's going to be a Mercedes victory with Lewis Hamilton at the front. Finally, as we wrap up our 46th episode of this season, let's hope Fernando Alonso doesn't have to wait 17 hours in the desert just like Jensen Button did, because Alonso's gearing up for his Dakar rally in 2020. Yeah, Kunal, I don't think that's going to happen because I am rooting for a Fernando Alonso victory. Yes, patience, my friend, patience. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. The Formula One season officially ends this weekend, but the Inside Line F1 podcast doesn't end all the way till Christmas. So we will see you after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Adios. Adios. Time for some birthday cake, Kunal. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, cause they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.